This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is in partnership with Jameson. Good things come in threes. Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, all the way back from Banff, Max Kerman. We're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, all the way in from Hamilton. And we do not have intern Erica, who's not on the ones and twos. She texted me on the side. She uh, is working overtime for TFC right now. Her real job. Congrats to the TFC. They're going to the finals. That's right. So I, she, she said, is it okay if I miss it? I will edit it tonight. I said, you got a deal. So the football club gets priority over us. Yep. I guarantee you she doesn't edit it tonight. <laughs> no? No. Something will happen. She'll get, like, the the game is tonight? Uh, I don't know. I don't no, think it's, it's tonight. Weekend. In Seattle. Okay. My brother's going to Seattle. Mm-hmm. She might then. I, <laughs> I thought it was, like, the game is tonight, then they win, and she Party. gets drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That could be a cr- I guess the nut will be going to Seattle, potentially. Oh, yeah. Uh, my brother will be there mm-hmm. for this big finals. It's exciting for the TFC. Uh, uh, do, who do you guys root for in the World Cup? Like, do you guys have a team? Because, you know, I guess you'd be Dutch, right? Are, is Canadian or is Canada ever in it? No, no, they're never in it. I don't oh. think they're good enough. Who's the closest to Canada? America, I guess. All right, America. <laughs> <laughs> like, geographically close. Our, Yo, you're not going to do, the, like, the bullshit thing where, like, Cunningham, we're proud Scotsman. I oh, yeah, yeah. For, I'm a proud Scotsman. Yeah, yeah, so I bet yeah. your in-laws probably vote. Does, does Poland have? They wouldn't have a team in soccer, do they? Maybe uh, yeah, maybe. Anyway. No, they, 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 they play over there. We always, we always historically, our family rooted for the Orangemen, the Dutch, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. That was, like, a big, big deal. My dad mm. had all the... the do you still have that zip-up? You had a really nice zip-up. I did. My Oma brought it back from Amsterdam years ago when I was in, like, high school, or maybe just out. But, yeah, it said Holland on it. I, it, it it exists somewhere. Yeah, I don't have it in my closet anymore, but maybe my brother has it, or maybe it was at my dad's place. It might be in storage, actually. Would you wear it if you saw it laying in your, around? Uh, I don't know if the old V-Man fits in that anymore, but uh, <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, I, as I've gotten older, too, I've become, <laughs> I have different thoughts, too, about even national teams and rooting and sort of the, the what is the origin of our pride and, and mm. all of these things. Like, the more I think about professional sports and the construct of these things, trust me, this is not a conversation anyone has, wants to have. It's boring and it makes things way less fun, but I find myself thinking about these things and the Raptors are this weird thing that sort of I root for in spite of... Mm-hmm or the NBA in general, in spite of sort of my larger thoughts about the, the sort of the construct. But of I've all. explained it to you, Mike. Well, for the for the IOC, we had a long conversation about mm-hmm. that, not just the IOC, but like FIBA and international uh, mm-hmm. basketball. We were talking about how Canada, yeah. their players didn't go. And we got right. a very long conversation. Oh, no, I, I'm ta- sorry. I thought I was uh, discussing why, why we cheer for a team, not why a team would choose to go. Oh, sorry. I was just saying that I define pride as being grateful for your luck. Right. And that's just why you... Root would root for the rafters because you're so lucky the city's electric and you're showing how grateful you are. Hmm. Yeah. That's the way I justify Did you make up that expression? Him. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Grateful good. for your luck. Any luck you might have. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm riding with a cab driver and you think everyone's proud of, or an Uber driver, mm-hmm. and you think they're always proud of where they're from. They're mm-hmm. like, my country's piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Like, I love Canada. Mm, yeah. I'm like, oh, so it's not just... Because you're here, or you're here for a reason, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh, maybe people are just proud of where they're born, mm. sometimes I think. Or, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I actually, there's, speaking of that, there's a, uh, not to get too far off subject, but the uh, the Daily, you know, the New York Times podcast. Yeah. They had a funny one uh, today, I think, it was about the Iowa caucuses, like where they uh, the Democrats are electing their Bit leader. Of a potty mouth for Max early. <laughs> Caucus? 
I don't know what that means. But it <laughs> sounds dirty. Uh, it's, What's a caucus? What's well, uh, they call it? How do you? Describe I wanted it? to make another joke. Let's hear it. It goes into vaginas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but can't a vagina be a caucus? <laughs> it can be. Uh, Sorry if that was too far. <laughs> but that basically, um, Iowa is where they have the first like vote to, for whoever's going to be the leader of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. and. They they're they go into describing like what happens on like they have a name for it, but on Saturday they basically have like a pep rally for like the fourteen remaining candidates. And each candidate comes out and then like their supporters are dressed up in different colors and there's like chants and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking like it's so crazy that like Iowa of all places in America is the reason is is the place that has so much significance on like who will be the the leader of the free world. And you're like you couldn't choose a bigger place or like like I don't know the historical significance of Iowa, but it just it just got me thinking about like these goofy traditions. And if you again like you said about sports, if you step back for a second, you go this is fucking crazy. Yeah. And Americans take everything to America is like a pep rally. Like they love their college sports. They love their pro sports and politics is just an extension of that where it's like, literally it's like Elizabeth Warren is uh, magenta and uh, Beto O'Rourke is the, the green team or like whatever. It's like, exactly. And it's just like, Oh my goodness. It's, it's like everything is a competition. There's something so human about having to separate things into teams. It's like tribalism yeah. sort of extended. And whenever things become a little more murky, like when people change teams or when circumstances that are beyond something pure, like for, the love of something like maybe like oh the reason somebody does this is for monetary meaning like they'll change teams if they make more money over here it's like obviously that makes sense that's what anyone would do in a job but we just we view sports as entertainment and entertainment is a place where you don't want to think too hard because life is hard you go to work every day for eight hours a day you want to go home and actually just enjoy yourself you have to think too much about stuff i think that's why people are so tired of politics and sports Mm -hmm. right now because it's like shit it's all i hear all day long yeah which by the way it's like that's neither a bad thing or a good thing i just think it's an interesting thing can you tailgate a political pep rally that's kind of what this was i feel yeah. like yeah i feel like they like do there's grills and stuff yeah i don't know how much boozing goes on but people are very uh like very, very sort of the pageantry of it all it definitely exists okay drinking i don't know hmm. i'll have to look into that yeah and for for good and bad this sort of mentality of like let's let's start a team let's let's believe in something and start a movement whether that's positive or you align with it or it's negative and it's been used to cause harm, it's something very sort of human. It's something what it's, it's something that we do and we've historically done. Do you think you'd have more fun at a liberal political pep rally or a conservative one? <laughs> like who has more fun? Yeah. Probably conservative. Yeah, me too. Way more fun. <laughs> yeah, they're drinking beer. They're all getting along. Yeah. There's a lot of infighting on the liberal side. No one can get along with each other. No inappropriate jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no inappropriate jokes. <laughs> but at a conservative one, you know, there's like a lot of red meat for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. They <laughs> no, love, they love grilling shit. Yeah. They love real. a good barbecue. At the liberal one, there'd be a lot of plant-based uh, uh, snacks. Yeah. Well, there's true. so many subgroups in a liberal In the liberal party. thing. You know, yeah. it's true. And like, for, like, I don't really give a shit about like hoppy beer and they, that's all they'd be serving at the liberal one, you know? They, oh yeah. You know, but like you just be drinking Budweiser at, at the conservative <laughs> one. Well, I'm like, kind of more into that. At a liberal one, <laughs> it would kind of just be like a, an elementary school dance or something. Everyone would be in their little sections, just chilling with their own group. Yeah. But with the conservative one, everyone would just be partying so hard and chugging beers and like, <laughs> suck my caucus, <laughs> suck my caucus. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is the title. Yeah, maybe they're not thinking too hard about it. They're yeah. just enjoying the the, the moment. You know? uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, Maxi, you just got back from Banff. Yeah, I had a big weekend. You did. You were all over yeah. the. You the looked social- very cool this weekend. Oh, did I? I the gym it was your teacher coolest outfit? looking weekend you've had in a long time. Did you like his gym teacher outfit? Is that what you're saying? 
No, no. The you're Stetson man. You had a really cool picture with the mountains without <laughs> yeah. the hat on. Yeah. And then you looked like a really handsome cowboy. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I, had I think it's your best look you've ever had. Yeah, there's one photo in particular where it's like I just look like a jacked cowboy. I don't think oh, I saw yeah. that like, one. You, you're like a Marlboro man. Yeah, you're like face is real chiseled. Is this yeah, on your Instagram look. right no, now? I didn't post it. I posted it on a story, but oh, I'll, I'll, you had a lot of stories. This I did. I don't so, have time to go sorry through all the stories. Sorry about brother. that. But let me see. Let me see this uh, this photo of you being you. Stetson man. It's very very good. I got need to, to not, uh, not to brag, but uh, <laughs> you uh, might have to post it now. How on the good mic is that? Much ins- all right, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, yeah you look good. Um, but uh, before we get to Banff, uh, I'll, I'll come back to Banff. So I had a, um, a kind of a very sad, uh, a month. Not sad. But a sad thing has happened to our group of friends. Our friend Barbara Tatham, Dr. Barbara Tatham, uh, who I went to McMaster with, she passed away um, of cancer two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And did you ever meet Barb? No, I saw you singing at something, though. It was, and I yeah. saw people were like saying something she said, like, be kind and make yeah. waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Barbara is a year behind me at McMaster. <clears throat> she was young? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's, no. it's a really sad story. I only met her maybe like three or four times just in like mutual hangouts because she like that whole group that you mm-hmm. know from master. Really, really sweet person. Yeah. Um, and just a tragic story because she was so young. Yeah. So she, uh, you're behind me at Mac and a bunch of her close friends, like Jocelyn is one of her best friends, wow. our friend Jossie. Um, and she wa- uh, was a doctor, an ER doctor, and she was about to start here in Toronto as her full-time job. She's 32 years old. And about a year and a half ago, she was about to go to Africa to set up a, a, a clinic for ER doctors in Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, she got uh, she thought she had a little cyst on her head, and it turned out to be a tumor, and um, basically it spread throughout her body. So she she went through about a year and a half of chemo and different surgeries, and every time she made a breakthrough, it would kind of come back in another area of her body. Um, and I didn't know her too too well at McMaster, but I was always a, like a big fan of her. She's a beautiful young vibrant smart woman like you know top mm-hmm. of her class you'd be the first person you'd hit on at the bar kind of thing yeah. <laughs> and um no 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 seriously like she was and and her sister erica joked at the uh at the celebration of life yesterday that the like her guy friends would say to her like i didn't know women like this existed like so beautiful smart kind compassionate like she really was and was, hot yeah yeah very yeah very beautiful and uh anyway so about a year and a half ago when this happened i just like dropped her a note and just said hey if there's anything i heard heard the news that fucking sucks uh, but if uh you know if anything can do to lend a hand um we should just let me know and she ended up getting a uh season's pass for for bud stage so uh-huh. we ended up going to a bunch of concerts this summer together and i'd uh, visit her at the hospital and you know we just kept in touch um but the thing which was so interesting for me is she had these uh, blog posts. They, they had a Facebook page set, kind of set up for her because she had a big circle of friends. So she has three sisters all born a year apart. She's the oldest sister. So 30, 32, 31, 30, and 29. And, uh, and, and, they have, and she's a very social person and their family is very social. And so I think as a, as a way just to get the word out as how she was doing, she, she'd write these blog posts. And they were so um, eloquently written and because she was a doctor, she didn't spare any detail. And because she said, as an emergency doctor, so many people would come in to see me and they were ashamed of their illness. And, and they wouldn't even want to tell their parents in some cases if they were going through something terrible. But she said, you know, if, if someone like myself who exercises, eats well, is really like the picture of health, 
can get sick, then anybody can get sick and we shouldn't stigmatize it. And so she really went out of her way to kind of talk about not only the medical side of things, but also how important um, sort of like the, the human side of the process was. And, and, and I read her posts and I just feel so much better about it. You know, like it's one of those things that you, you know, when, you, when you get bad news, you, a lot of people's instinct, including my own, is to run away from the news and try to you know, put mm. your head in the sand and not think about it. Um, but I'd end up just getting so much strength from reading the way she, she's conceiving of it all. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating when people like that get sick and, you know, there's sort of this great cosmic injustice that is done to them. Yeah. But then they spend their time comforting others no, when she, they're she, the ones that oh, seemingly need. She was protecting everybody. Yeah. And, and the, what, what made her so fucking brilliant is that you could read because these blog posts were, you know, seven paragraphs long they were very detailed and you could read it however you wanted to read it so if you wanted to look into the nitty-gritty of what she was saying on a medical level because she like they they look like medical journals to a certain degree because she was like Mm -hmm. you could go oh you know what this isn't looking good you know and her family knew um that it was terminal but if you didn't want to read it like that you just wanted to say okay what are sort of like the life lessons i'm learning here like is there something i can take from there you could just read it like that so i i just, I just want to read just a little paragraph of one of her posts uh this was that she would have written earlier in the summer just because uh, just to give you a little sample of it um quality time has taken on a different meaning to me recently i smile remembering the days jumping from patient to patient from errands to the gym driving from the city to city for the for big parties and see as many friends as, as once as possible as possible it was a beautiful time in so many ways to live blissfully and invincibly There's something magical about it, innocent and light. In other ways, though, the focus on time and connection, on soaking each moment with loved ones, working to get solo time and focusing on people who bring me joy and who have radiant hearts is an incredible gift. Like everything she wrote had that tone to it. Yeah. And um, she really sort of, that was one of her main messages was just to choose happiness. Like, and if you can, like, there's going to be really tough days. And um, there's going to be days where you feel like the world is really unfair to you. But if you can choose happiness, it's like really the only way to go. So um, anyway, the um, she's got an amazing family. Um, they the the notice of her death was also like so beautifully written, and um, there's outpouring of support from every corner. Like, you know, she did uh, talks about her own illness um, Mm. to different uh, doctors and uh, medical schools. Mm. So, so she could talk about what it's like to be on the other side and how important it is to be compassionate to your patients and how much gratitude to show the nurses and, and how important treating people with respect is because she was on the other side of it. Um, So anyway, she, she was, she was the least afraid of death. I think everybody else, I think the hardest part for her was just seeing how hard it was for her sisters and her mom sure. and dad. Yeah. Cause she's like, this is fucking sucks for them. Every time I have to deliver some piece of bad news, I just know it breaks their heart. And I, and I hate that I'm sure. But anyway, so she insisted, uh, on a celebration of life. Um, and in, in the notice, she said, everybody wear bright colors. Like that's yeah. like that kind of detail just fucking slayed me. Um, Uh, sorry. Um, no, I I saw a little bit of uh, 
the service, our friend Felix, his wife was very, very close yeah. with Dr. Barb. And so I saw some stuff on Instagram from that and, um, it looked really lovely. Yeah. It so, looked like sorry. a beautiful, no, yeah, no, it's all right. It man, was, um, it, well, there's the thing is like, you kind of reminded like how lucky I'm, how lucky I am. Like I've, I've been so sheltered from any of this kind of stuff and, and I don't know anybody really that I'm the, sort of this closely connected to that passed away at such a young age. But anyway, um, she, uh, so she was like, I want my celebration of life at Brickworks, which is like this beautiful kind of market space, uh, just off the DVP in Toronto. Oh, I've been. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Amazing. Sunday. Uh, everybody wear bright colors. Here's the playlist. <laughs> like I'm like, and, and everybody, I want everyone to have a fucking good time. And, and she, had, and so those are instructions. Um, she she gave to her family and um it was uh it was really beautiful um her sister two of her sisters spoke uh jocelyn uh and they called themselves the j girls who were like her main support system and her friend group who went on vacation with her and were driving out to see her at every turn um and uh and yeah anyway so, so I, I texted our friend connor who's a very good friend of Barb's and I was like after it happened and I know he, he was grieving because he's a very good friend with Barb but his sister Jen was part of that crew uh, and I said if there's anything I can do just like let me know and it turned out that um, uh, and Connor God bless him because some people you know get that and go Adam I won't take you up on the offer but Connor said yeah you should play a song because <laughs> mm-hmm. Barb loved going going to see shows she loved yeah. music I said I'd love it and uh, just send me a list of her favorite songs but Barb also like in the playlist included Arkells on it but I think she's just doing that to be nice like <laughs> yeah. I made a joke with that joke. I was like I know Arkells on the playlist but like I don't know if she was really a fan but <laughs> she's just a very generous person in any every kind of she's way a good friend so um, the we we planned in Banff this weekend on Friday and Saturday, and uh, the celebration of life was on Sunday. Uh, but you know, when you fly west, you don't uh, you lose time. So so I rebooked my flight, and I left at five in the morning in uh, Banff time, and showed up at two in the afternoon at Brickworks. But and I was to play this Vance Joy song, and I gotta say, uh, song Georgia, beautiful beautiful song by Vance Joy. Vance Joy was one of her favorite artists. I'm a big we're a big Vance Joy fan too, and I've never. Uh, rehearsed or tried so hard <laughs> to uh when it comes to anything in my musical career because it really felt like the most uh important show not to call it a show but performance like i've ever done because i just didn't want to fuck it up you know because um, everything else i do i always feel like if i fuck it up and sing one of my own songs or i'm covering jackson five like who gives a shit you know it's like it like it's not the end of the mm-hmm. world you know, you guys saw my performance on this, the second live podcast. You know, I could have prepared a little bit more, uh, but uh, but I but a little but I practiced every day. Anyway, and the song went well. I didn't forget any of the lyrics or anything. But I but uh, but uh, yeah, just wanted to do right by Doctor B by Barbara. So and you do that for your charge. Yeah, no. Nice. no, yeah. When Connor messaged me, I said, uh, "Yeah, I'll put you in touch with our booking agent." And uh, yeah, we negotiated a pretty, pretty good deal. <laughs> she would have wanted this. <laughs> I do have to learn a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, of course not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was it was a really nice. Um, was, despite all the circumstances, it was nice to see everybody. And uh, yeah, shouts to her amazing family. Uh, it's interesting when I saw it was like a, uh, for a doctor. I just assumed it was somebody very old. When you hear doctor, you immediately add 20 years to however young you... Like, you think youngest is 50. Yeah, but she, um, you know... She, is she it, didn't is want, this her here? Yeah, it's her. 
in in lieu of flowers, like just make a donation in her name to the Cancer Foundation. You know, it's like oh, that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, Something's very familiar about yeah. her. Yeah, maybe she, Alex knows her or something. Maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, Beacon of Health and God bless Barbara. She's uh, the best. It's uh, it's it's a difficult thing too because I think none of us have we haven't really experienced losing our peers, mm. people our mm-hmm. age and our age group and we've been relatively very lucky, you know, like I, I, I've lost my parents, but that is definitely different than when you have to sort of, and that does make you look your own mortality, uh, sort of in its face, uh, look at yourself in the mirror a bit. But I imagine like, you know, knowing someone like you knew Dr. Barbara, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it, I, I can't imagine the kind of sort of like reflection you have to go through internally, but then also, you know, contextualizing her life and, mm-hmm. and sort of the sadness of, of the whole thing yeah i think for the other thing i add is that like for me i'm like i'm always very, very like attracted to um to, to people who who demonstrate like real like leadership and strength under really difficult circumstances who who don't act petulant or, or sorry for themselves mm-hmm. in a way that i probably would or most of us would and uh so i've just been I feel, uh, yeah, the, the injustice uh, for Barbara, but also just lucky that like uh, I've been able to got, that I got to spend time with Barbara because she's like the kind of person that you go, okay, she'll be with us as the angel on your shoulder, <laughs> uh, in not angel and like she's my angel, but like you know, there's a devil on your shoulder and like the person who kind of yeah. nudges you in the good right conscience, direction. Yeah, yeah, Moral you're good. Con- yeah, she, yeah, she, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, she and her uh, family will be a really good moral compass for for any time you feel sorry for yourself or when thing when bad things happen like just trying to keep in mind those kinds of people uh has always served me really well and um she's sort of like the, the pinnacle of that so yeah dr b dr b but uh anyway so uh before that though yep we were in banff uh i got a cool cowboy hat as you can see you have it here in yeah. the studio. Ash was very uh, protective over it in certain ways. And then she wanted us to tease you with it in other ways. She's like, I'm just going to leave it here. You put it on your head when Max walks in. Watch how he freaks out. <laughs> and then the second you walked in, you were like, why is my hat there? Right there. <laughs> like, you want to wear it? Or like, you're like, not really wanting me to wear it? You, well, almost, you almost took it out of the room. Yeah, well, I didn't know what you was doing because, uh, well, first of all, you know, it was an expensive hat. It was two hundred fifty dollars. Well, that's the thing. I took a peek. First thing I did, I looked to see how much it was because the price tag's usually uh-huh. inside. And I go two hundred fifty to Ash. She goes, "Oh no, no, he probably didn't pay that much. It was like sixty bucks or something." No, she was very protective over the price, and she said, "Do not say the price on the pod." Really? So we may have to beep this out. <laughs> no, we have to beep it. Out. It could be funny if we do though. <laughs> People are thinking that it's a beep <laughs> amount of money. Is that the price for a quality Stetson in Alberta? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was in Banff, so it was like Touristville or whatever. But uh, but don't you just walk in to this Stetson dealership and tell them the deal? Like, listen, dealership. do you know who I am? Yeah, I'm playing a big show tonight. They don't need him to wear a Stetson on stage. They, they probably can't keep him on the shelves. Yeah, that, that is true. What's but the benefit to Stetson I, having Max wear it? I think this do you is... know how many millennials will be wearing Stetsons now? <laughs> <laughs> Every university student in, in the country. <laughs> the country, Ontario. Yeah. Well, um, Do you kind of wish that you just bought one here in Toronto and flew it to Banff? 
uh, a little bit, but I had to buy it in the moment. And also, there's a story. And also, I get so much free shit that, like, uh, this is the thing I actually bought with my hard-earned yeah. money. So that's why I was like, okay, Shane. Like, I actually got a little territorial. Now I get a little, now I understand why people get territorial with stuff that they worked really hard to buy. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, everything's easy come, easy go. Because yeah. usually things just kind of fall into my lap. And it's all tangible. Good. You get to keep it, it's too, all tangible. for your money. It's not like a, a sporting ticket that mm-hmm. that experience goes away. You can hold that at night. You can sleep with it. Yeah, it looks, it looks very cool. But yeah. uh, Banff is sweet. Um, Funny little little thing happened. So there's a fella. He um, he, very nice guy uh, who is a big fan of the band, and we've come to know him because uh, he owns a weed company. Is uh, and we did a weed gig. Arkells did a weed gig last summer, and he was coming up to the show. He's in Calgary, and he said, "Do you want to do you want to go skiing or something?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really ski, but it'd be fun to hang out." Um, I was like, "Where are you staying?" He said, "I'm at the Banff Springs Hotel." I was like. Do you want to go get a massage? I can go get a massage. <laughs> and then uh, I th- and then I don't know if I suggested or I just said I was thinking about getting a massage. She's like, oh, I'll book us an appointment for a massage. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, all right. But, you know, you, you don't know, like, is this a couple's massage or are we getting our own massage? Are we going to talk while we're being massaged? Are we talk- is he going to try to massage you? <laughs> well, that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> um, so, but again, I've, I've hung with this guy. Very, very nice guy. He's got a, like a lovely family. Um, but I Amazing hands. <laughs> <laughs> he really digs it. Uh, Soft touch, but still firm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I show up uh, and we go and, we, and we're chatting. And um, so we, we have separate massages. But yeah. the plan is to go get a massage and then go to the Springs pool because there's like a hot tub thing and just like catch up. Uh, By the way, this is my version of golfing. You know, most guys like to go to the golf golf course to like catch up. Like a lot of business happens. Yeah. On the golf course? Your business happens in the spa? <laughs> I think I like that. I'd be more of my speed. Listen, babe, business gets done at the spa. <laughs> at the spa. <laughs> I need to go for a wax. Uh, that was Robert Kraft's excuse, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, Saturday. So mine was at like 2 o'clock, and his one was at 2.15. We were like 15 minutes apart. So then I finished mine. Like it's an hour. An hour passes. I finished first. I go down. I have like 10 minutes to kill. And I just, this is the kind of like I'm Was mad. this a legit? Massage place? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah no, it was like at, at the, the hotel. At the hotel. Oh, okay. It was like it was the most like luxury it's a fair hotel. question, yeah. still. You never know. <laughs> so I go down there and I'm wearing my robe and I'm like, I have uh, 10 minutes to kill. And I was like, I was going to shave to look fresh for the show when I go back to my hotel. But then I just noticed there was like shaving equipment for any of the guys to use. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do it right now. I got 10 minutes to kill. and But there was the cheap, cheap razors. Uh-oh. So then I start to shave and then I cut myself. I can see that. See it. And then I just start to bleed all over the place. Were you wearing a white robe? <laughs> yeah, oh. all over my fucking ah. robe. And then Chris comes down. So Chris thinks he's hanging out with this cool rock guy. <laughs> and then I'm just like dabbing my, sh- my chin. And it's all over my robe. And every time like I take it off, I can feel it oh, dripping that's like down my chin. There, yeah, yeah it, was, oh. it was fucking brutal. Uh, and then I was like, oh, God, Max. Like, did you need you did to it. do something in that eight-minute window that you had? Like, You're a busy buddy. Yeah, I am yeah. a busy body. Uh, You're trying to be efficient. I was trying to be efficient, and then then I get I go to the reception and I get a band aid, so I got this big fucking band aid mm-hmm. on my chin, and I'm going to the hot tub. But the whole time we're in the hot tub, you're I'm, in the hot tub with an open wound. No, Max? well I had the thing on, and I looked at it, and I checked it out, and I was like, okay, I think the pressure has kept it from going. Okay, but then the whole time I'm thinking like, is it going? And I know he'd be too polite to tell me if it was starting to really. Like, and because <laughs> you're, you're wet, you won't really feel yeah, the yeah, wet blood, right? Exactly. So, and because if I was with one of you guys, you'd be like, Max, you're bleeding. Get the fuck out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris wouldn't do that because he's too polite. We don't know each other that well. Yeah. So, so the whole I was a little bit stressed, and I was just thinking like, "Hey, you're so stupid." So, but anyway, I uh, 
I uh, the shows were great now, but the weird thing is now I have a kink in my back. You know how that happens sometimes when you get a massage. Oh, yeah, and then the kink really. Uh, yeah, it was working mm-hmm. for you before, and by setting you right, you are now messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm unaligned. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my weekend. Thanks for letting me blabber here, guys. Of course, yeah. yeah no, uh, that was quite a weekend. Yeah, obviously. Uh, anything going on in your life, Shane? Before we get to topics. I cleaned my house. <laughs> <laughs> but we can move on from there. <laughs> oh, oh, one man. thing I'll add that I thought was actually really funny uh, with the with the Barber Day. So we have this group of friends that we know from McMaster, and there's uh, this character named Jen who's married to our friend Connor. So they are called, they're called sweethearts. They live in Peterborough. I like them both a lot. I'm going to see them next week. And Jen's always been kind of surly, like in a Jug kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like, we've always known her as like kind of a surly. We have like, a friend named Jug who is surly. Who's just because people might not pick in yeah. a Jug kind of oh, way. Yeah, what so does that even Jug mean? is a kind of it's known as a surly asshole. <laughs> Jen can kind of do that too, but she's also got a heart of gold. She's a nurse, great person. So, um, and by the way, Jen and, sorry, sorry, Mike, Jen and Jossie and the J crew. If Erica doesn't cut that out, Max sometimes will drift off the mic. Yeah. But now you're back on. I'm back. So Jen and Jossie and the J crew have spent so much time with Barbara just being the best friends you could possibly hope for in this situation. And uh, anyway, so I performed this song. I'm getting a lot of Barbara's family coming up and like thanking me. And everybody's just saying what a nice guy I am, basically. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, it's the least I could do. It's everybody's lending a hand in their own way. So we're out for dinner last night. And somebody at the table said, Max, thanks so much for making the trip from Banff. And then Jen just goes, Max, how good does it feel just to be a gift? Wherever you go, you're just a gift to everybody. You just show up and you're a gift. Does that feel pretty good? Just like totally taking the piss of me. I was like, I fucking love you. I was like, I appreciate that she she made that observation because it's very true. All right, topics. All right, on to topics. These are our topics for today. Our first topic is actress, Mm. activist, outspoken, uh, social... uh, conscientious person socially conscientious person jane fonda comes from a legendary acting family by the way hollywood family uh she was arrested fonda who is 81 moved to washington in september to highlight the urgency of the climate crisis by staging protests at the capitol where wrapped in a bright red coat she has been arrested every friday for the past four weeks often with a famous friend or two in tow sam waterston of law and order fame for all you law and order fans out there ted danson uh, and on Friday, Catherine Keener and Rosanna Arquette. Fonda plans to keep protesting until mid-January when production of her Netflix show Grace and Frankie resumes and expects to turn 82 in jail on December 21st. Wow. So Jane Fonda is um, <clears throat> using her celebrity uh, and obviously her time at that age, which is uh, pretty, um, I think, commendable, to highlight the uh, the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And she's had a history of being outspoken. Like I said, she has one of the most famous mugshots of any celebrity, if you guys recall this the mugshot. No. She was busted um, coming back from Canada. For uh, murder, right? (laughs) (laughs) She's a killer. Uh, No, she was crossing the border. She was giving speeches about the Vietnam War and protests of the Vietnam War. Mm. uh, And she was actually in Canada. And as she was crossing back into the States uh, at at Ohio, I believe. Mm. That doesn't border. uh, Doesn't border. So where was she going? She's on her way to Cleveland. I'm not a geography major, Max. uh, (laughs) But either way, going back into the States, she had like... uh, 
vitamins that she had to take with her her meals. Mm. I just read about this on her blog in her words. And the Nixon government basically was looking for a reason to make an example of her. Mm. So they arrested uh, her saying they had to test these like suspicion of drugs. She gets the the famous mug shot. She was shooting that film Clute. So she has like a really sort of like um, distinct haircut. Mm. And she's kind of got like she's got the fist raised. It's very it's an mm. iconic photo if you haven't seen it. But anyway, the reason I say this is because Jane Fonda, uh, this is sort of her vibe. Mm hmm. So what happens when you when you get arrested? Like, are you? Is there a celebrity slammer that you're thrown into? Like, is she there with like <laughs> all the like other a reality show <laughs> celebrity slammer on VH1? Yeah, how does it work? Isn't there like a three strikes law in? Uh, in That's okay. Yeah, like I just, I just, there's something kind of funny about a really rich. By the way, I, very commendable as you said, but a rich mm-hmm. person just being like. I'm going to get arrested, and but I'm not worried about what happens after I get arrested. I'll just probably be released and everything will be fine. Yeah, but I I mean... Well, it's probably a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, she's very old. It's And what is, what's the actual arrest? It's usually yeah. probably trespassing because you're protesting a spot where it's like private property or like some sort of like minor mischief chart, whatever it is. But you hear these stories. Like you watch that documentary about those kids in New York that get sent off to Rikers if they don't get like their their bail hearing and yeah. they get sent out yeah. for the weekend in Rikers and then they, you're really fucked. So I'm sure she's looked into the rules and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I have to do life? <laughs> it's just well, two weeks, ma'am. Don't worry. But at that age. going to die soon. Yeah. That's oh, I'm you're already yeah. going there. Uh, so, but here's what I'd say. Don't discount spending a night in jail at 80 years old. Mm. That's got to suck. It's got to be fun, though, if you're that old. Like <laughs> <laughs> Every Friday. But think how boring it is to just be that old and not be doing these things that give you like a zest for life that's i, I buy like you're it. just sitting there doing nothing that's fair yeah this I'm, is exciting yeah. well, how do you think she's treated in jail though like how do you think that very well yeah oh yeah you step out of line with her you're in trouble people know she's officer. a great jailhouse fighter as yeah. well she's <laughs> been proven she can fuck somebody up man well she ted dancing got arrested with her the, like last weekend mm-hmm. oh yeah he, she, he, she just brings her celebrity friends that's right he's not in the good place right but now wouldn't you think if you were <laughs> well, older well <laughs> Good place for promotion. Um, <laughs> don't you think it would be very fun? Mm-hmm. Like if we were all rich and kind of famous and it was like, hey, want to go do a protest and spend the night in the slammer? It would be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's something exciting about, yeah, get, like if you're raising sort of awareness for this cause that you care about, there is something kind of like it's kind of naughty but not really scary. Yeah. What are the real consequences to Max's point? I just feel like if any of us got thrown in jail for a night, we'd be kind of scared. It's If you got thrown in jail and you weren't expecting it. If you're ready for it, it's like just going camping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like going to Burning Man or something. <laughs> Fun and wild. Should we should we do a climate like uh, protest like but one that actually see? But that's the thing. We're it's too like, young. It, yeah. it matters too much. Nothing matters when you're 80. Also, like a <laughs> that's, that's the name of this episode, by the way. No, I like the caucuses one. Oh yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, I, I I think that the other thing too is it's like. They have so the thing about getting arrested or spending a night in jail is ultimately you're concerned about what it does to your record going forward. Can you go like mm. Max? If you got busted at like a, a protest, you might not be able to go to the states and play oh. shows. They're so wealthy that their lawyers like they're never going to have to be worried like oh I, I can't go to you know I can't go into Canada now and shoot a movie. It's like their people will work it out. <laughs> is Jane doing a lot of movies right now? Though <laughs> she's going back no, to production on Frank, Grace and Frankie. What what is that? That's like a big Netflix show oh, nominated yeah. for Emmys and everything. Oh. Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah she, she might have a place in Muskoka. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, but you're right. Her lawyers are like, I'm just saying for their ability to do work. Like if Ted Danson wants to, you know, whatever. If there's production in Canada, an arrest record could hurt you. Or this whatever. is very premeditated, though. So I'm sure she's 
gone through all the angles. Like, how long okay. is she in jail when she gets arrested? I think it's the evening because it's such a, a low charge mm. or a lesser charge. Interesting. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not violent. It's not. It's probably like a trespassing deal. Mm. So my question that I had for you guys: uh, What do you think you're going to be like when you're old? Are you are you going to be like right in the thick of it, or are you like fuck it? I'm going to retire in some retirement community in mm. Florida. What is being in the thick of it? Well, I just like doing Jane Fonda stuff. I don't know. I'm not doing that in my young days. <laughs> that's true too. Like, so like yeah, she was feisty when she was our age. That's true, but but some some people uh, get feistier with age. Most people don't. I'd probably say she's also a fascinating one too because she was married to uh, Peter Fonda. Uh, no, that, no, that's her brother. That's her brother, bro. I don't know how these things work. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed brother, uh, husband, whatever. Oh, uh, Turner, Ted Turner, who owned uh, CNN. Yeah, he had some money. He sure did. But anyway, uh, it's interesting to be on that side of it. Like she's sort of. She's, I think she's sort of like mixed in every circle you could. You know, she's probably got down with the hippies and then been at the most elite of the elite sort of like spectrum of society. Do you think there's anything to be said for like other rich people that just see what she's doing, getting all this cred, and being like, I wonder if she'll invite me to be her arrest buddy this weekend? Mm-hmm. That's you know funny. what I mean? It becomes yeah. a social thing. This is to Shane's point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everybody wants to be invited to the Met Gala. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's, like, the mean group of old ladies that are, like, Max's judging her. Like, eh, seems like a publicity stunt. (laughs) Who, me? Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. The old lady version of Max is doing that (laughs) to her. Because I talked shit about Mike Posner that one time. Anyone else who's doing what you're doing in your business, you shit on. Mm, Interesting. Wow. (laughs) There's a take. Do I? Is that my answer? Well, other bands who are doing something. Like, it's like, eh, is Max really that nice? Oh, sure, sure, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, who would benefit the most as far as an older celebrity that really needs the invite to get arrested oh, with Jane Fonda? Like Mel Gibson or something. <laughs> oh, that's so offensive. No, I'm saying Mel Mel's Gibson not could... that old. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Mel listening to this, you got to be pissed being compared to an 80-year-old. Oh, he's like 60. He's got to be close, something. man. Yeah, that's offensive to I a think lot of his... 60-year-olds listening. Isn't Mel like 70s? No, I'm just saying no. as, as, as someone who, who has uh, tarnished his image in the public eye. But as like a pretty public image, anti-Semite mm-hmm. how what is your taste like as a, mm-hmm. a half Jewish person you've mm-hmm. spoken about that a lot in this pod how do you feel about him coming back do you not find him reprehensible or are you like eh, room for forgiveness hey eh, he was drunk whatever. I haven't really thought about it that much to be honest about the Mel Gibson thing I don't know how I feel about it I, I can say that I um, I two, two things number one I, I try not to be too tribalistic or territorial when it comes to like my tribe, like don't fuck with my squad kind of thing, like I don't like that very yeah. much. So when it comes when it comes to any group of people that just sort of just go like fuck you, like I'm always a little turned off to some degree. And the other thing uh, that, uh, in addition to that, is I like the idea of forgiveness. I try yeah. to, um, you know, I think that should be a, a bigger value in our culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so. If someone did something a while ago, he should pay for his sins, but then also should be forgiven at some point. Well, that's my Mel Gibson stance. Well, I find if you make a stance, you're just setting yourself up to be a hypocrite later on down the road. Mm. Like I remember Mel Gibson was supposed to be in The Hangover, mm. but then Zach Galifianakis was like, if he's going to be in it, I'm not going to oh, be in it. I remember that, yeah. And then uh, he ended up being in a movie with... Uh, Mike Tyson, who was a convicted rapist. Who? Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. In The Hangover. Yeah. So it was like, that's fine, but uh, mm-hmm. those drunken slurs are too much. Mm, but raping true. that woman is fine. Yeah. So it's like very weird. It's like, wh- where are you drawing the line here? Yeah. So I just try to forgive everyone all the time. Yeah. That's not a bad bad stance. Is there a funny celebrity who hasn't been tarnished, who just needs a boost that could like uh, get in on this this uh, protesting action? What's the age group? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go seventy to like eighty five. Like like uh, 
Like, could Mick Jagger use a boost? No, they're doing all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's got to be some actor or actress out there that... Uh, yeah, Betty White's cool. She doesn't need anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's another... De Niro's pretty cool still, yeah. right? Yeah, he's working. He's got a new movie out. The problem is all the people we could name, we can only name them because they're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, we have to go, like, down an age bracket to, to think about, like, who really needs a... Like, John Travolta. <laughs> it might be good for John Travolta to get arrested yeah. Uh, protesting. Yeah. He'd be the young guy in that group too. Mm-hmm. Very hip, dancing. True, but okay. Answer my question: What kind of old people are you going to be like? Oh, I've always maintained that I've been the same since I was six years old, <laughs> and I'm never going to change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally, I'm always the same. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you, Max? I think we're yeah. You're probably right that we're all the same. But I guess it's like I I I can't imagine not working because I, I feel like the jobs we have don't really feel like work. So mm-hmm. I like the. I, like I hope we were doing this pod for you know, when we we're in our eighties. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. I think my brain's always going to be very active, and mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to lose a step too much. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what kind of old person I'll be. I don't. I don't know if as I get older, I get more annoyed at the world or more uh, understanding of the world, mm-hmm. and try. I think I definitely try to understand it more, or more thoughtful about the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's going to manifest. You know, is it actionary stuff like protesting, or like, or is it more? you know what it's been now which is just conversation with friends i don't know yeah i hope uh, we don't get conservative with older age i hope you because that's i think a natural human tendency is yeah to, but but it's like i think everybody needs a little more uh jane fonda sure know? actually my um, my grandma which is uh, did i tell you this she's voting she's 93 uh and i asked her who she was going to vote for like a couple days before the election and she said well you know i read the toronto star and i'm gonna vote ndp i've never voted ndp but I'm going to do it. I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like 93 years old, NDP is the most progressive sort of long-term thinking party, I would, I would argue. And then she said, and you know, the other thing is, I just like the look of them. And she's talking about Jagmeet Singh. I was like, you're the least racist old person ever. Like, how great is that, right? Because most old people don't necessarily go that way. No. But I was like, if you're, you're voting NDP and you just, quote, like the look of them, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So get out there. Do what makes you happy. And for Jane Fonda, it would seem getting arrested every Friday night. <laughs> every Friday night. Four Fridays in a row. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, next topic. Uh, I'm going to read the headline directly from the globalnews.ca. Ontario-wide cell phone restriction in classrooms now in effect. So students cannot have their cell phones in classrooms. This is fascinating for a couple reasons. One, Shane is married to an educator. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he has thoughts on this. Two, for me. I didn't know kids were allowed to have their cell phones like uh, working in classrooms. Long overdue, right? You're like, what the what? hell? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Okay, explain to what Alex deals with as a high school teacher. Well, you just accept that the kids are always on the phone. Madness, and they're always disrespecting the teachers nowadays. It's shocking. I guess, like, I think at first they were probably like no cell phones, and then they realized there are so many problems with bullshit excuses like i need this to live like i have a condition <laughs> you know and then that just got out of hand and then it's like i'm using this for to research this essay and yeah, you know what bullshit, i mean there's yeah. so many stupid excuses uh-huh. that they just the teachers just put up the white flag and said okay i guess phones are allowed now he's yeah, like my mom needs to be in touch with me yeah. my mom needs to get a hold of me like, no 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 Stick but here's them in the pouches thing. if they can do it at comedy shows they can do it in classes. nowadays the, it's the the kids will say that and you'll be like no and then the mom will come in 
Mm. It's like my little prince did not say that or something. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. He needs his phone. Or I need whatever. to be in touch. It's with true. Him. Yeah. Such bullshit. I'm so glad that this policy has been passed. It makes me furious. The idea that like some grade ten kid can literally be cruising Instagram while they're in English class or math. Like, and that's all that happens. It's madness. Yeah. I can't believe it took this long to pass it. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy. kids are going to hate it. Maybe I would hate it if I was a high school uh, kid. But it doesn't even seem like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we used to not even be allowed to wear hats. I know. And now this is, speaking of getting old. I know, we're we sounding sound like old. real old people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, it just seems wild to me that it's been going on like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually really feel for the teachers because I don't see how you get anything done if kids have the option of looking at a phone as opposed to uh, actually paying attention to a Like, listen. it's yeah. taken me, like, this long to, like, put a timer on my phone for my apps because, you know, I've been doing that lately yeah. where it's, like, after I use it for 15, 20 minutes, it just, like, shuts off and then I have to, like, go use for 15 minutes more if I want to get back in and then I feel a little guilty. Uh, so I just know how addictive the phone is. There's every every research study out there no, will say that these things are very distracting and very addicting. And, and but it's just like, I guess the question is like, how do we, how do you tell young people that? Listen, I get it. I'm like you. They're fucking awesome. Instagram is a blast. Like texting your friends is very fun. But it's like you got sometimes you got to eat your vegetables, and that means put the fucking phone down because it's actually better for your long term health, right? Like yeah. That yeah, how many? I was gonna ask how screen time. Have you thought about as you're you know you very small children right now? Yeah. But when they become eight, nine, ten years oh, old, oh, it's way earlier than that. Oh sure, the kids are already obsessed with the screen. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter will point to the TV and go Peppa. Mm. It's for Peppa Pig. Yeah. So she knows. Who's out of here? And you want to be? It's, it is? Yeah. Oh, I got to bring her in sometime. Does the pigs come by ever? <laughs> yeah. They, they actually, you know what's funny? <laughs> they shoot. Just to, just to <laughs> they had some, um, some, they sometimes do like market testing in here too. And and the and, and employees can bring in their like little infants to like, I don't know, test out products. Do they have like adults wearing pig outfits? Uh, maybe. We oh. can ask Ash. Yeah. I'll bring Lou by. Yeah. 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 But uh, you're asking if I, how much time? Yeah. I'm like, how are you going to moderate that? Well, it's pretty well, Lou can actually grab the remote control and turn the TV on now. Oh, wow. She knows how to work an iPhone mm-hmm. already. So she knows how to download torrents. Not yet. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I'm trying to get her to figure it out so she can show me. I want that free NBA pass or whatever it is. But what I do is like I'm not perfect. You're not supposed to expose your child to any screen time until they're two years old, and even when they're two, it's limited to an hour a week, I think, or something like that. Or maybe it's a day, but I think it's a week. But anyway, uh, I'm not perfect with it by any means. And I just go by if I'm feeling guilty while she's watching the program or anything, I try to not let her do it. But if I'm not feeling guilty, like if it's an emergency situation or I'm sick or if there's some need where she actually needs to watch it to either calm her down or give... Uh, my wife a nap or if I'm doing something then then that I can justify it but I try not to let her watch any screens and I'm making it seem like I'm a lot better than I am because I'm not that good with it Mm -hmm. yeah I I think like anything you don't want to you don't want to have it become a thing right it's like you don't want that to be their soul like because here's the thing obviously something on the TV like whether it's a Peppa Pig or a Wiggles or something is going to be visually and musically more interesting than a book or just playing with a stupid thing on wheels or whatever like sort of conventional playing is um, which obviously I think helps with imagination and creativity if you're not sort of being presented with something as visual as a show early on 
that being said, like right now our kid's so little that we don't like the TV's almost never on. I think we've watched maybe collectively she's like a year old. We've probably watched a total of like three Wiggles songs mm-hmm. and we just kind of see how she reacts and then she'll kind of watch it and then she kind of goes back to playing with like her doll, like her, uh, her stuff. See, that is amazing. Yeah. That, because I think Lou had watched hours by when she was Wynn's age. Yeah, we just don't, we don't have like the TV on when she's up and she like, she sleeps. And by the way, like I'm not like, it's just, it's kind of worked out that way. Mm-hmm. The baby doesn't lose it and try to be like TV, you know, and she just kind of does her own thing, which is good. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like when she can talk and all that stuff. And it's like, when are you going to get her a phone? How old? That's so far out. But honestly, I have no problem sort of like being like, hell no until like, I'm sure by the time she's 10 or eight or seven, like, I don't know, like what's like grade three. I think 10 year, 10 year olds. I'm sure all of her peers will have them. And then she'll be like, where's my phone at? Mm -hmm. That's a tough conversation, but we'll have to decide because this is the hard thing with being a parent is like, when do they start resenting you? When it's like, no, we don't have soda in the house, you know? And then Uh it's like, all my friends do. I don't know. Those are tough questions. And you cross that bridge when you get there and you just kind of hope that your kid doesn't hate you by denying them certain things. In a way, I'm almost more, more worried about me being on the phone Mm. than her. Because they mimic your behavior. Yes. Right. Yep. I'm guilty of that. Just if you're around your child and you're trying to play with your child and you're just like, Oh yeah, here's this fucking ball. Go, kick that around <laughs> and you're just on your phone and then the ball just happens to come to you you're like yeah there it is go chase that ball again and then yeah. you're not really engaged or being yeah. a good dad so if i'm looking at my phone i'm feeling very guilty mm. so i try to not look at my phone at all if i'm playing with lucy mm. yep I've, been, I've certainly been guilty of that where i'll sort of sneak a look at twitter when mm-hmm. she crawls over to start playing in another area i'll just do a quick kind of look and, I'm, and then I'll, I'll say to myself what are you doing right now mm-hmm. go over there and like pass the ball back and forth you know yeah. And we're, we're also fucked right now. It's like everyone's so concerned about like zero to 15. Like, let's make sure they're these yeah. untouched, perfect kids. And then when there's 15, they're just going to be addicted to the phone like the rest of us. So what's the point? We're just like delaying the inevitable well, until well, they're I was going to say like the discourse, I think, around technology just needs to change in a way. Like, and, and we're learning so much because we're like in this uncharted time, right? Um, so it has to be kind of – I think we have to like approach it more like – Look, I know it's the best. These things are fucking so much fun. You can do everything. They're also very useful a lot of the time. But also there are other things that in a long-term sense are not good for you. And like because when you're like, put the phone away, put the phone bad. You're like, I think it has to be. No, the phone's the fucking best. You know what else is the fucking best? Like ice cream sundaes are the fucking best. But you just can't have ice cream sundaes. Can't live on those. You can't. Like, make, and you'd get sick of them too much. Yeah. Big Macs, it's the fucking best. It's like you could go through the things that are the fucking best, mm-hmm. but if you have too much of it, it's just not good for you. And I don't think the phone's the best. I think it is like ice cream in the sense no, that it is, it's, it it's ruining cream. us. No, no. But I think when I'm with, when I'm engaging with my phone, I'm not like, this is the best. Once I get that one good Twitter story, that one good Insta, I'm like, more, more, more. And I'm just refreshing or looking obsessively or checking. And 90% of the time, there's nothing there. That's what I'm saying. The first, mm-hmm. the first like hit of the of a phone checking photos is I, I think there's actually some like yeah some joy that's undoubtedly good. yeah and then after that but it's the same thing as like if you get a massive burger the first like four bites are amazing and then the next nine are just like oh, i'm so bites full. of shame yeah exactly <laughs> so i think that and we're going to try to do this that on sundays just put the phone away for everyone mm. and then there's no phone and then like before you go to bed check the phone but sure. oh. just like go through like a 12 hour period without the phone a on little Sundays. cleanse I yeah. saw an Insta post the other day from uh, Cynthia Loist, who is on the show The Social. Mm. She was on a recent episode of The Pedestal we recorded for The Breakfast Club. Great episode, not out yet. We'll be out soon. Also check The Pedestal, great podcast. Uh, but I saw a post that she had about this box. 
where it's like almost like a bread box and they have all these slots like it's like 10 slots like with foam and you put your phones in there and you lock it for like your dinner or for like a mm. games night and so everybody has to put their phone away and you and like you can't pull them out until you're done and i'm like imagine doing that for a full sunday like shane's saying mm-hmm. it's like i've heard like some basketball teams when they're on the road they throw their phones in the middle of the table and no one's going to touch it I well the, the game that like extremely rich people play is they'll have the phones in the middle and then the first person to touch their phone has to buy everyone dinner mm. when they're out to dinner of course yeah and there's another game that rich people they throw their keys in the middle of the Oh, sex? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all start uh, fucking each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah sex. Yeah. They do that, and then they go out and protest. Yeah. <laughs> get arrested. Jane Fonda's living the best life. <laughs> she really is. Yeah. She's killing it. Uh, do we want to go to my top? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's Once in this goddamn life. Um, <laughs> Shane, I, it's been pretty max heavy today. I apologize. No, it's no, not. No. That. It's just we've missed a Shane surprise, I think, in the last three episodes. Yeah. All right. Get ready for it. Um, get ready for it. Well, this one is about hypocrisy. Ooh. So... As you know, that the uh, I, you know I don't know this, but the Nationals won the World Series. Yeah, Washington Nationals are the Major League Baseball World Series champions of the world. Mm-hmm. So they go to the Capitals game uh, for that's a hockey team. Yeah, and they, they they were playing Washington, so the World Series champs went to go support their hockey team, and then they went full champagne boys, shirts off, pouring beer on the people below. Mm. <laughs> Like, you know, being kind of a little bit like uh, dickheads. Yeah, rowdy frat boys. Yeah, frat boy dickhead behavior. And totally get away with it, scot-free, it's fine. I mean, they are champs. Why reprimand them in any way? But women at their Washington game, game five for the World Series, uh, when a pitcher was throwing the ball, they lifted up their shirts mm. and they got banned from Major League Baseball and from per- oh, I perpetuity. I, I read that news story. Yeah, yeah. It was so I'm like- just wondering, like... What do you, what do you think it sh- should be like? Should it be equal that everyone can take their shirts off, or do you think it should be equal that everyone can't take their shirts off, or should we keep it as is that men can take their shirts off because men's bodies aren't sexual objects? I feel like this was a hot button issue like 15 years ago. <laughs> In with Canada, like naked news. everyone's allowed to take their shirt. Yeah, off. do you remember that? Like that was like yeah. a big thing. So you're allowed to be was. shirtless. So on as the Canadians, we know that. Yeah. I'm talking about the hypocrisy going on in the states, mm-hmm. and like, what what do you think of that, or do you not even? Oh, even think about it? I, no, well, first of all, they're a conservative nation, so mm-hmm. good luck getting any kind of like uh, uh, decriminalization of a woman taking your shirt off. Sure, that, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. that that I doubt is going to happen. But I'm saying if you're in any establishment, like if I went to get ice cream and I took my shirt off, they they would tell me to leave. Yes, no think, shirt, no shoes, no service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a guy took off his shirt behind, because they're in the camera view, like behind the the catcher, do you think if a guy took off his shirt and was making a guys scene? are covered in body paint, shaking their bellies? Look, yeah, look at when somebody's shooting an NBA free throw; they actively encourage you to fuck them up. Mm. Yeah, so like, let's say that like the WNBA champs, who I believe were also from Washington yeah. this year, the Mystics. Congrats to them. Let's say they had gone to the Capitals game and they all took their shirts off. Yeah, in this in this analogy. What a different news story that would be. Mm-hmm. People would absolutely be calling. They would be called every name under the sun. There's absolutely a double standard, whereas it's like boys being boys, they're shirtless. But then there's a whole other group of people that say there is a difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The history so what of- is the difference? Because I know like my wife goes wild when Tyler from The Bachelor is shirtless. Mm-hmm. So it's still sexual to her, that like beautiful chiseled bod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like so breasts have been sexualized in a way. Uh, but why? They're the most functioning thing they're actually like 
use for more of a service than anything. Yeah, well, I mean, this gets back to sort of like, this is probably like historical and the idea of like the patriarchy setting rules, right? And so like we've talked about the idea of women as temptation for for since like the beginning mm-hmm. of time. So like even a woman wearing like a skirt can be controversial in certain conservative areas. So then the idea that like uh, they could take their shirt off would be completely sort of like out of bounds or against like religious uh, sort of leaning people, like what's decent mm-hmm. in the Catholic church. And by the way, like in all sorts of churches, they wouldn't want men taking their shirts off either. But I'm just saying like uh, it is absolutely intellectually uh, hypocritical. Yeah. So I was just wondering, I know that, but yeah. how, what do you guys think the ruling should be? That, like, like in Canada, where everyone can take their shirts off and it's fine, like a woman could take her shirt off at a TFC game, or should it be that they just all, all keep their shirts on and men shouldn't be allowed and we are champagne boys, so. Yeah, our social norms are, I think, generally North America, like, just more conservative. I don't know. It's like, well, if you're asking us personally, well, which way do we lean? If the, if the Washington Mystics took their shirts off and they were hammered, I would be like, that's hilarious and awesome. Have fun, ladies. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I'd agree. Like yeah. that's why, and, and, and if you go to like Europe and stuff, it's like way more liberal. Like if you're in, in Spain or whatever, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> books ticket now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think? That, I think yeah. I think they should be able to take their tops off too. <laughs> <laughs> Always fight for the people. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I'm in front of Congress making this decision. I think they should take their tops off, too. Well, it's settled. All in favor? Oh, my God. This will be the thing you get arrested for on a Friday night with fucking Jane Fonda. You found your cause. found your calling. All right. He shows up to the environmental march with a sign with two boobies on it. Take take them out. (laughs) Wrong march, bro. Hey, man. We all have our thing. <laughs> we all have our thing. <laughs> <laughs>